Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning to you, DMV. Hope everybody is doing well on this rainy Saturday morning. 106.7 The Fan is on your AM, FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app, and we're on the stream at thefandc.com. However, you're tuned in today. We appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit. I'm Danny Noakes. We've got Caitlin in studio producing the show. Now with you for just under an hour. We're going to hand things off at noon to my buddy Tim Donnelly. So stick around. We've got lots of football to talk here in this hour, our final hour of the program. Going to do a little college football here in just a moment. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. Feel free. Hit us up. Get in on the conversation. We've had several callers today. Lots of good ones, including my friend Reggie. Old friend out there from Chantilly calling in from Reston. Appreciate you, buddy. Glad to hear from you. Anybody else, feel free to hit us up as well. We've talked about the Commanders, their matchup with the New York Giants. Back-to-back divisional games for them with a bye week sandwiched in between. You've got Championship Saturday, Championship Weekend. Going back to last night, Utah, USC, getting things going. But a full slate of college football today. Some great ranked matchups to look at. Not to mention, we'll go around the rest of the NFL here in this 11 o'clock hour as well. But I wanted to begin with another update of the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Round of 16 now into the 50th minute. The United States trails the Netherlands 2-0. Last attempt here for the United States. Weston McKinney, header from the center of the box, saved on an assist from Christian Pulisic. So the Americans still yet to draw any blood. The Dutch have a two-goal lead. Can't say that this game is going unlike what we expected. We talked about how the Netherlands was a very good team, a tough matchup for the U.S. On top of the fact that the Americans were going to be without Josh Sargent and Christian Pulisic, despite the fact that he is in the game, is certainly not himself. He's playing somewhat banged up after getting injured on his goal that ended up being the difference between the United States beating Iran just a few days ago. It's two to nothing Netherlands with the lead. We will continue to keep you updated on that here as we come up towards the end of the second half. It probably will finish before we get off the air just before noon. But I mentioned it is championship Saturday, college football. Number 11, Utah, got the party started last night in a big-time ranked matchup against number four, USC. And it was the Utes knocking off the Trojans. For the second time this year, USC will not go to the college football playoff. The Utes are back-to-back Pac-12 champions. They make their second consecutive appearance 
in the Rose Bowl. But what are the other games that we're looking at? Because if you told me to pick one game on paper that you would expect to be the best game of the weekend, Utah-USC is probably the game that I would have picked. You had number 11 versus number 4. And with USC needing to win to stay in the college football playoff top four, to stay in that conversation, figured with revenge on their mind they might come out, they might win that game. But it was not the case, and you have to give credit to Utah, who really slammed the door shut with 23 points in the fourth quarter. So what does that mean? Well, it opens the door of opportunity for the Ohio State Buckeyes, who will not be playing today in the Big Ten Championship. No, that will be Michigan and Purdue. But Ohio State, with just one loss, because they only have one loss and because they're idle this weekend, at number five, they're likely going to get the benefit of the doubt here and they will slide in to the college football playoff. But at noon, shortly after we get off the air, you've got the Big 12 Championship game where there are also college football playoff implications but not for the team that normally comes out of that conference because it's number 10 Kansas State against number 3 TCU. The Horn Frogs are 12 and 0. They're looking to punch their ticket to the college football playoff. It's an all purple Big 12 championship game between the Wildcats and the Horned Frogs. TCU has some of my favorite uniforms in all of sports, I will say that. Yes, I am biased because I went to Chantilly and we're all about the purple, black and white. But Who is the team that I was referring to that's normally coming out of the Big 12 and in that college football playoff conversation? Well, obviously Oklahoma, but Oklahoma nowhere near that conversation this year, not even anywhere near the top 25 because in Brad Venable's first year, they had some injuries hit them early in the season and they were never really able to respond. And Lincoln Riley heading over from Oklahoma to USC this season, you have seen a pretty big difference in what the Trojans have been able to do. Just one game away from going to the college football playoff, but losing in the Pac-12 championship. So number 10, Kansas State, number three, TCU. That's a good game. That should be a lot of fun. That's a top 10 matchup. Kick it over to the four o'clock game, ABC, number 22, UCF against number 18, Tulane for the American Athletic Conference Championship. Not a whole lot to say about this game. UCF is really a perennial, not playoff contender, but a perennial power in the AAC that normally you will have to go through to win the AAC. Although Cincinnati, that team to beat last year, Luke Fickle now headed to Wisconsin. Cincinnati probably going to take a step back. But in the number 22 UCF, number 18 Tulane game, You could check that out to 4 o'clock kickoff on ABC. Also at 4 o'clock on CBS, it's the SEC Championship. Brian Kelly and the number 14 LSU Tigers get to square off with number one Georgia. And man, Kirby Smart's team sure does look like a juggernaut again this year. Georgia, one of the two teams that can lose today and still get into the playoff. They have all but punched their ticket already. Even if they lose to LSU, they're unlikely to fall far enough to bump them out of the playoff with so many two-loss teams vying for attention right now. I said one of two teams that could lose and still potentially get into the playoff. I'll get to who the other one is in just a second. We're wrapping up the day with two games beginning at 8 o'clock. We go back to ABC for the ACC championship. It's number 9 Clemson and number 23 North Carolina. The Clemson Tigers, Dabo Swinney squad, not as strong as they have been in years past. 
North Carolina, somewhat of a surprise. It was Miami that was picked to win the ACC Coastal by the media before this season started, but North Carolina wasn't far back. And with Drake May at quarterback, he's been electric. And North Carolina hasn't exactly had a particularly tough schedule because playing in the ACC is not exactly a gauntlet these days. But the Tar Heels come stumbling into this game off of back-to-back losses to a bad Georgia Tech team and an NC State team that hasn't had their starting quarterback for the second half of the season, respectively. They lost to Georgia Tech and then most recently on rivalry weekend, the Tar Heels losing to the Wolfpack. So... Number nine, Clemson, also somewhat stumbling into this game, losing the Palmetto Bowl to South Carolina and head coach Shane Beamer. So I imagine that they're going to come out a little bit fired up for this game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson puts it on North Carolina pretty good. Although Clemson, their quarterback position seems very unsettled. They're just not as efficient offensively as we used, we were used to watching them with both Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. So that game actually could end up being a little bit closer than Vegas thinks. But the final game of the night, Big Ten Championship on Fox. Number two, Michigan, the only unranked team playing in a Power 5 championship game today is Michigan's opponent, that is Purdue. And Purdue starting quarterback Aiden O'Connell lost his brother earlier this week. Cause of death, to my knowledge, has still not been released. And not that it necessarily matters for what our conversation here is about, but obviously quarterback Aiden O'Connell is playing with a heavy heart, but that's the key. He's playing. He's been spending time with his family this week. He didn't begin the week with his teammates in Purdue at Purdue, but he is expected to play today. And that could make for a major difference. You know, there's a reason they play these games, although Michigan is going to be a very, very heavy favorite. Maybe Purdue comes out and shocks the world. I wouldn't expect it, but with some extra motivation like that, you just never know. And and so Michigan is the other team that I said might be able to lose today and still get in as they are also 12-0 and and playing in a conference championship game. Now, they will not have as strong a case as Georgia would because Georgia has played a tougher schedule, and Georgia would have lost to LSU, who's the number 14 team in the country, in their championship game. If Michigan loses today, they will have lost to an unranked team. Purdue will definitely jump into the top 25 if they're able to upset Michigan today, but that's a significantly worse loss, despite that Purdue has had a pretty good season, nearly beating Penn State. They've, they've also got some key wins on their schedule as well, an upset or two. So... It's a big day for Purdue because it's not often, if at all, again, anytime soon that you will see them playing in the Big Ten championship game. I expect them to get up for this, but I don't know if you're going to see a whole lot of upsets today. We'll see. I would have said that about last night, too, though. Number 11, Utah. Number four, USC. USC had all the motivation. They had lost to Utah by a point earlier in the season on the road. A lot of players and, and of course, Lincoln Riley felt like they should have won that game. You figured they come in with a college football playoff game on the line. They had all the motivation that they could have needed to go out and want to win it. And then they come up and they give up 23 points in the fourth quarter after cutting Utah's lead to three. And the Utes just boat raced USC from there. And the Trojans will not 
be in the college football playoffs. So real quick before we go to a break, too, I'm sure Captain Todd, one of our loyal listeners, is out there checking us out somewhere. Just wanted to give his Florida State Seminoles some credit because they deserve it. Having rattled off several wins in a row since their close loss by six to number 10 Clemson, they handled Georgia Tech. They beat Miami 45-3. to They pummeled what was a formerly ranked Syracuse team 38-3 to on the road. Did the same thing to Miami, by the way, before rolling Louisiana and then in a rivalry game against their SEC counterparts, the Florida Gators, the Seminoles got a seven-point win there. So, hey, Mike Norvell and Florida State, they sure look like they're trending towards being back but we all know how quickly that can fade when you look at programs like Miami and Texas but full slate of college football coming your way it's starting at noon 45 minutes from now we're going to step aside we'll take a quick break we've got more to get into right here on 106.7 The Fan Just a few segments left until we hand it off to Tim Donnelly on the air from 12 to 3 today on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Danny Noakes with you up until noon, keeping you updated on the Netherlands and the United States. 2022 FIFA World Cup round of 16 now into the 64th minute. It is the Netherlands 2, United States nothing. That has not changed since early on, or rather late, in the first half, Netherlands scoring in stoppage time. It was the 46th minute that the Netherlands got a goal from blind right-footed shot from the center of the box to the bottom left corner. Denzel Dumfries with his second assist of the match. Netherlands on the board in the 10th minute. That was their first goal. And keep going back to back in the third minute. Christian Pulisic left-footed shot from the center of the box ended up being saved. It was a nice through ball there from Tyler Adams, and it just did not end up working. So I think the magic, the time is running out here for the United States. They trail by two goals and just about 25 minutes left in that match. We have about the same amount of time left in our show, maybe a little bit more, maybe closer to 30 minutes but 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. If you want to jump in on the conversation, we've talked about a lot of different topics today. And I had some folks tweet at me earlier on in the show. They couldn't believe we were actually doing some Capitals and Nationals coverage today. Well, we did. We did both of those things. We talked to Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage back at 945, and we also closed out the 10 o'clock hour with a little Major League Baseball, looking at the signings of Jacob deGrom, what the future is for Trey Turner, and the couple of signings that the Washington Nationals made earlier this week. One of those guys you can probably expect to be a regular starter for the Nats at third base this season, but I wanted to go back to the National Football League because... Much like this weekend in college football, you have a great weekend of NFL football. And with championship weekend being what it is in college football, you would expect there to be almost entirely matchups featuring two ranked teams. And, and that's what we've gotten with the exception of the Big Ten championship. That's where Purdue was able to sneak in. All the other major Power 5 championship games feature two ranked teams. Even the ACC championship has number 23 North Carolina battling number 9 Clemson with both teams coming off of losses in that game. But 
In the NFL, it was a great week, too, at least on paper, before things got started. And I say that because, well, Thursday night was when things actually did get started. Buffalo at New England, and it was a 24-10 win for the Bills. Josh Allen, 223 yards through the air. Stephon Diggs, College Park's own. Of course, a product of the University of Maryland. 92 yards and another touchdown Diggs is just so much fun to watch. He's my favorite receiver in the NFL to watch right now, other than Terry McLaurin. And yes, there's certainly plenty of bias going on right there, but it was an impressive win by Buffalo. Getting that done on a third consecutive Thursday game for the, actually not a third consecutive Thursday game, but third consecutive game on the road for them back-to-back Thursday games because they played last Thursday on Thanksgiving as well. Just an impressive performance to, to get it done on the road in the cold up there in New England. The Patriots, yeah, not not the best team in the AFC East. And, and of course, that being a divisional game with the Bills, but the Dolphins were, were actually on top of the AFC East before that game was played. Dolphins are in action this weekend in a matchup that is one of several very unique and intriguing matchups. We'll get to it here in just a second. But Buffalo and New England was one of six games that will feature two teams with winning records. So instead of having two a game with two ranked teams like we do in college football, most of which are occurring today, you have a very similar setup here in the NFL. So Buffalo and New England was the first. The next one, believe it or not, it's the Jets and the Vikings. One o'clock kickoff, and and there are actually a couple of games here in this one o'clock window that you may want to keep your eyes on. But the New York Jets are visiting the Minnesota Vikings, the one-loss Minnesota Vikings, by the way, who are looking better than they have in years past. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, that connection has certainly been lucrative so far this season. And TJ Hawkinson is setting records for the volume of catches that he has gotten since being traded to the Minnesota Vikings from the Detroit Lions. Sort of an unprecedented thing to do, trading what was a first-round pick within your division in the middle of the season. It's really something that doesn't happen very often. So you've got the Jets, you've got the Vikings from Minneapolis, 1 o'clock kickoff. And of course, another 1 o'clock game that features two teams with winning records is the Commanders at the New York Giants. We spent a little bit of time breaking this thing down in the very first segment of the show. Washington's defense really improved. They're 10th overall in the National Football League, but they're number eight against the run. And what, if anything, can the New York Giants do well offensively but run the football? Saquon Barkley is back to, I don't know if you would say back to normal, but he certainly looks like he's returning to his form that we saw in the first couple of years in the Meadowlands for the New York Giant. Saquon Barkley, he has been very, very good this season, very tough to tackle, and he's having a lot of success, which with the injuries he's had, you you certainly like to see that. But the commanders have the tall task of trying to bottle him up. Mentioned that Derek Forrest will inherit a lot of what Cole Holcomb would do. Two very different positions, right? Cole Holcomb being one of Washington's linebackers, while Derek Forrest is in the secondary at safety. Cole Holcomb's not going to play in this game, so you need Forrest to step up. The good news, Forrest and Cam Curl, the safeties for the commanders this year, two of the top four rated 
safeties in the NFL from Pro Football Focus this season. So if you had to rely on someone, it would be those two guys. The other thing the commanders have going for them in this game, John Allen and Deron Payne. It's going to be tough to run on them at any point, but now Washington knows that the Giants are going to want to try and get the the run game going early in this one, try and control the tempo of the game. And honestly, Washington can play that. The commanders can play that sort of game. They're not exactly going to be zipping up and down the field with Taylor Heineke offensively. They are more opportunistic when it comes to what their offense does. So if their defense can create opportunities against this Giants offense, you limit Daniel Jones, they're going to come become one-dimensional pretty quickly, I think. And your next two games are against this Giants team. I think you have to win at least one of them, but you're going to have a pretty good chance to win both. They're on the road this week, and they're, they're still favored. So that, that's not necessarily something that happens particularly often. So the Commanders, the Giants, that's the third of the games that feature two teams with winning record. Moving on, another 1 o'clock game, the Tennessee Titans at the Philadelphia Eagles. Titans 7-4, and four, Eagles 10-1. and one. Titans kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start. They came to FedEx Field. You saw with Carson Wentz at quarterback, the Commanders were just a couple of yards away from knocking this Titans team off, and they probably should have. But they have since responded. Ryan Tannehill's been playing better recently. He's only thrown four interceptions on the season, and, and Derrick Henry is always tough to tackle. He's already eclipsed 1,000 yards for the season, 247 carries, 1,048 yards on the year with 10 touchdowns. But the Eagles may be the most dynamic team offensively in the league right now, and that's saying a lot considering you've got teams like Kansas City, like the Buffalo Bills, but do either of those teams have the amount of weapons that the Eagles do right now with Hurts at quarterback, Sanders at running back, A.J. Brown at wide receiver. I'm not sure there's a more well-rounded offensive unit in the league right now, but they are beatable. We know because this commander's team knocked them off and handed them their only loss of the season. So the Titans at the Eagles is a one o'clock kickoff. You've got another intriguing matchup here that doesn't fall into the category of two teams with winning records, but Cleveland at Houston. Deshaun Watson going to be making his debut as a Cleveland Brown this year, and he's going to be doing it against his former team, the Houston Texans. There's a lot of controversy surrounding that. Whether or not he should even be allowed to play in the NFL anymore is certainly a debate that can be had. He was convicted of at least four of those counts of sexual misconduct that were brought against him, and there's still some that have been unresolved. So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty there in Cleveland, but the Browns did give him the heftiest contract in NFL history at the time. And you will see him returning to Houston, his former stomping grounds, playing against his old team as he makes his debut as a Cleveland Brown. So something certainly to keep an eye on, even if it's not one of the better matchups of the weekend Now, what is one of the better matchups of the weekend? Miami at San Francisco. You've got Miami head coach Mike McDaniel, a former protege of San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan, and just a really fun offensive matchup, man. Miami, before this week started, before Buffalo got the win against New England on Thursday, Miami was sitting atop of the AFC East. Tua has come back from that concussion, has returned to form. Tyreek Hill, pretty much impossible to stop, just like he was in Kansas City. He provides a really great tandem with Jalen Waddle. They've got a solid run game. They've got a good defense. 
and I'm just really interested to see how these two head coaches scheme things up offensively with the Dolphins and the Niners. The Niners, I texted my younger brother, Andy, a few weeks ago, shortly after they acquired Christian McCaffrey. And I said, you know what? I love this move for them. I think that San Francisco could definitely be one of the teams that slides in as a dark horse, maybe come out of the NFC here pretty soon uh, when the playoffs come around, because they're just a very well-rounded team. In fact, one of their weak links might be a quarterback and Jimmy G has already played in the Super Bowl had some costly throws definitely a big reason as to why San Francisco lost that game to Kansas City but you know when it comes down to it this team defensively their offensive line they've got some they've got a lot of really good weapons and this game being played out in California going to be tough for Miami to win the Niners may be without Trent Williams that is something to keep an eye on and something that Washington fans here in D.C. are very familiar with. The last game that features two teams with two winning records, Kansas City at Cincinnati. The Chiefs at the Bengals, 425 kickoff. Should have mentioned the Dolphins-Niners game is a 405 kickoff, by the way. Kansas City will travel to Cincinnati. They'll play the Bengals. Mahomes in the Kansas City team, their offense, still humming without Tyreek Hill, right? Travis Kelsey to my knowledge, is becoming, if if he isn't already, the best tight end in NFL history. And, you know, I would put him up against Gronk, right? And, you know, there are other guys in the past that belong in that conversation. Tony Gonzalez, uh, Kellen Winslow, right? There there are other ones that, that absolutely warrant some discussion there, but it is impossible to argue with what Travis Kelsey has done this season. He's been an absolute stud. Joe Burrow. He's tough to beat at home, so the Chiefs and the Bengals, I think, is going to be a really good game as well. So there's your outlook for the NFL weekend. The Sunday night game is the Colts at the Cowboys. Mm, Not particularly exciting. I don't love that matchup. Dallas should definitely win, but the Colts, just not a very good team right now. Even with Jeff Saturday having won two games, by the way, you saw, though, this past week, some trouble with clock management it's not exactly going to be a smooth road ahead for him and that franchise. And then the Monday night game is the Saints at the Buccaneers. Bucks five and six, but they still lead the NFC South. It's a bad division this year. All right, that's it for our NFL spin around the league. We'll take a quick break, come back, and we've got two segments to go here this morning on 106.7 The Fan. The United States has finally broken through in their 2022 FIFA World Cup round of 16 game against the Netherlands. Here's your update. It was the 67th minute when the United States started to make some key substitutions. Brandon Aronson replaced Tim Weah, and Haji Wright came in to replace, yes, Weston McKinney, who has been one of the better players on this U.S. men's national team for the last couple of years. It was the, let's see here, looking for the exact time. It was the 76th minute when Haji Wright drew first blood for the United States. Right-footed shot from the right side, six-yard box, bottom left corner, and the assist went to Christian Pulisic. That made it 2-1. to one. It looked like the United States might have a chance for some late magic. Maybe, just maybe, they're able to get the equalizer here against the Dutch. But it wasn't meant to be, because in the 81st minute, the Netherlands gets another one back. 
It's Denzel Dumfries, left-footed shot from the center of the box, bottom left corner, and the assist to Daily Blind on a cross. Dumfries adds a goal to his two assists. He had assisted on the Netherlands' first couple of goals earlier in this match, and now the Netherlands has got their lead back up to two. It is the Netherlands three. The United States won in the 84th minute. Gio Reyna won a free kick in the attacking half. That's where we are at right now. It was Reyna actually most recently who looked like he had a chance to score. Also, Christian Pulisic, a left-footed shot from outside the box that was saved in the 79th minute. That was another pass that he received from Tyler Adams, just like what happened in the third minute of this game. So, it's unfortunate. Time ticking away for the United States, a 3-1 to one deficit against the Netherlands. But still a great showing so far for them in the World Cup. They have overachieved, despite the fact that they're probably going to get knocked out here in the round of 16. You have to keep it in perspective. They're a very young squad. There's still a lot of left to be learned for them. But they, obviously, with several... Guys in their young 20s, their early 20s, they have uh, plenty of time to develop and and get ready for the next World Cup. Unless there's a miracle that happens here in the next five minutes and they're able to get a couple of goals. I, I do not expect that to happen. But we've, as I said, been talking a lot of football today. Real quick, too, because this is going to be a, a relatively quick segment. Um College football, all the championship games going on. USC losing to Utah last night had major implications. Number 11, Utah, beats number 4, USC. Final score, 47-24. to 24. USC needed to win to more or less ensure their berth in the college football playoff. They could not get that. So what it does is it opens the door for Ohio State to now get in because they are the number 5 team. USC is obviously going to drop back probably somewhere around seven or eight. And so the Buckeyes, who are idle this week because they got beat by Michigan handily on their home field last week, are not going to play. But because of that and their already pretty solid resume, are likely going to go into the college football playoff now because there's not really anything else that any of these teams can do. There are two teams that are in the one and two spots, Georgia and Michigan, respectively, that play in conference championship games today. But there's a good chance that even if both of those teams lose, they are still going to get in. It's not a guarantee for a team like Michigan. I think it is a guarantee for Georgia. Michigan's playing an unranked team, though, so that would look a lot worse than Georgia losing to number 14 LSU. Michigan plays Purdue, who's eight and four. Probably don't belong in that Big Ten championship game. But because of the way that the conference is set up, they're there. Now, we'll see what ends up happening. But a lot of people are saying that Ohio State doesn't deserve to get in because they haven't won their conference championship. And sure, I can understand that sentiment. But there's also a lot of folks out there that are asking, where was the outrage in 2017 when 12-0 and Wisconsin lost the Big Ten title game, but then... 11-1 Alabama, who was the division runner-up, did not play in their championship game that year, ended up making the playoff instead, right? There was no mention of exhibition games or title games not hurting anyone's resume. And if you'll remember, that Alabama team went on to win the national championship 
pulling off a shocking win over Georgia. Uh, and that was the heroics of Tua Tungavailoa that ultimately gave the Crimson Tide the win in that game. So it's an interesting spot for college football today. We'll see exactly how it shakes out. The last thing I'll say about college football, too, since we're getting ready to wrap up this segment and then in the next segment, we'll wrap up the show just because it's related to college football. Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, as you might know him by, he's preparing to make an exit in order to take the head coaching job at Colorado. Sources are telling ESPN as recently as Friday. Jackson State is on the cusp of winning the SWAC title. They play in that game on Saturday. Sanders will be the head coach for that game, but he and his associates are said to have spent the last week making inquiries to both potential members of his on-field staff and support staff at Colorado, pitching them to join him in Boulder. Colorado went 1-11 in the Pac-12 this year, and that is a Power 5 conference, so Deion Sanders would get a Power 5 head coaching job. You wonder how that would fare for him because... It seemed the draw to go and coach at Jackson State was the fact that Dion was going to be able to coach at a historically black university, right, an HBCU. And there was a lot of emphasis on that recently as HBCUs don't get mentioned alongside like Alabama's and Ohio State's and Michigan's and Georgia's amongst great places to go and play football and get an education. But Deion Sanders was trying to change that narrative just a bit by going and coaching at Jackson State. At least that's what it seemed was a large motivation of his. Not saying that it's not, but if you go and take a Power 5 job at Colorado, well, that's going to look a little bit different, is it not? And, And maybe he's purely in it now for the coaching, and he just wants to go and get a chance to win a national championship. We'll see. But looks like Deion Sanders, and it's not official yet, he may be headed to Boulder to become the next head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. So we will see. We will keep an eye on that. We're about 13 minutes from kickoff of number 10 Kansas State and number 3 TCU. That is a conference title game that has college football playoff implications, and we will give you one final update of the Netherlands and their match against the United States 2022 FIFA World Cup as soon as we return. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. Final segment for me this morning on 106.7 The Fan and stoppage time for the United States in their 2022 FIFA World Cup match against the Netherlands. It's the round of 16. Now into the 94th minute, it is still a two-goal lead for the Dutch. Three to one the score. Valiant effort by the United States. It was the 76th minute where they were able to cut the Dutch lead to one. Haji Wright, who had shortly before been subbed into that game about nine minutes before. Right-footed shot from the right side of the six-yard box to the bottom left corner. It was Pulisic on the assist. Looked like there might be some momentum that the U.S. could seize and try and get the equalizer late against the Netherlands, but it was just not meant to be because... Denzel Dumfries, who already had two assists on the Netherlands' first two goals earlier in this match, he broke through with a left-footed shot from the center of the box to the bottom left corner and scored in the 81st minute. Blind got the assist, 3-1 to one now in the 96th minute. So that game will be coming to a close here very soon, and so will our show. 
today, and it sure has been a heck of a lot of fun. We've had so many great calls, so many great conversations. My goodness. Big shout out to my buddy Reggie, Reggie Copeland calling in. Really appreciate him chiming in. We had Sabah, North Carolina Jr., Brian, Mike, all of you guys who called in today. Really great stuff. Appreciate you. Hope everybody enjoys Championship Saturday. Everything that you've got going on in sports this weekend. It is a big weekend. You've got a ranked matchup between number 10, Kansas State, and number 3, TCU, that's about seven minutes from kickoff in the Big 12 Championship. And that is one of those games that has college football playoff implications. So do not miss that. We've got it all game long. We've got it all day long, rather, before another great day of NFL action headed your way tomorrow as well. But that's just about going to do it for us. Tim Donnelly, my buddy, is coming up next on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks so much to my producer, Caitlin, and thanks to my guests, Matt Wyrick, NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage. I really appreciate him as well. Go to the Rewind function if you want to hear that Caps conversation, and everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy Championship Saturday and the rest of the World Cup, the rest of the NFL. I'll talk to you again soon. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and be well. I'm out of here. Deuces. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t